Hey, alright. And welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation about music. And our conversation this week is with Elise Okusami of and also known as Oceanator. Oceanator released their debut LP, Things I Never Said, in August. Fantastic record. Elise and I spoke back in May of 2018. Happy to have her back on again. How am I sounding? There's a little bit of reverb. I know. I'm recording this intro from the downstairs living room of my house in Valparaiso. I own this shit. Or my wife and I own this shit. But the past week has been quite a trip. We were comically unprepared for the movers to show up. Uh, We made it here in one piece. And we got a nice backyard. The dogs love it. And I've just been spending time getting to know this home. It's wild. Uh, I'm excited to take advantage of the recording opportunities that exist in here for podcasts and for music. But right now, we're still in the unpacking and taking care of shit phase. So I got to buy a ladder, something, I don't know. It's exciting starting something new, somewhere different, mostly. Right now, it's just been nice being outside. I miss that a lot. I'm happy to be spending a lot of time out of doors. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. The revenue from our Patreon is split equally each month between the show, our guests, and organizations chosen by our guests. If you pledge to our Patreon this week, you will be supporting Better Yet, and you'll be supporting Elise. We're a podcast that pays our guests for their time. You can pledge $3 a month, like you're leaving us a tip, or you can pledge $10 a month, which will gain you access to exclusive content from me, And from our guests, last week, Stevie Knipe of Adult Mom and I did a watch-along to two episodes of Degrassi, The Next Generation. We got a playlist from Sarah Tudson of Illuminati Hotties, a brand new Nomdi track. And this week, we've got a cover that you can only hear on our Patreon. It's Oceanator covering Old Friend from one of my and Elisa's shared favorite records, And Out Come the Wolves by Rancid. The cover is sick. Brandon Kelly's favorite Rancid song. And Elise does such a cool version of it. You can hear it on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Better Yet Podcast. Proceeds from that Patreon will go to the show. We'll go to Elise. And this week we're sending money to Black Trans Travel Fund. It's a mutual aid network that assists in giving Black Trans women resources to access safe transportation free of harassment or physical harm. You can learn more about them by visiting blacktranstravelfund.com. This is a really lovely conversation we have to share for you this week. Elise really outdid herself with this record, Things I Never Said, her best songs to date by a wide margin. It sounds phenomenal, and it's one of those records that has come out this year that despite being recorded before the pandemic, it's like the times grew in to the record. Elise is on an exciting path and it was great chatting with her. Hope you enjoy it.
Here's me and Elise Okusami. Not too many people calling out people named Tim in songs. It's it's an exciting bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's real good. And the way, I mean, just that part besides that they are yelling Tim, which is obviously awesome for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, just the way that he's like, well, look on her face. Why don't we drop the bar? And you're like, yes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> You know, I feel like, and this might just be a product of the time that we're in, but like the the epitaph and fat records stuff that that we like has it seemed to have been getting a really good look the past couple of months. Brooklyn Vegans like dropping these cool lists. Yeah, like, that playlist they made was I was like, oh, it's all my favorite songs plus some I somehow missed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. It's you know. It it is fun to see um, that stuff get. It, it, it punk is so funny because it takes it's it, it it takes everybody such a long time to just admit that that's <laughs> what they what they grew up on or like yeah. their entryway into just alternative music and not alternative radio, but just music that wasn't on the radio. Yeah like come on like give it give it some fucking credit (laughs) i think yeah i think there was a whole i mean for me it was very much like yeah i heard a couple punk songs on the radio time bomb green day i'm gonna call them punk but Mm -hmm. early green day is is punk i don't i don't want to get in an argument with anyone about it um but you know that's what led me to finding epitaph and fat rick and then branching out from there so like um I think there was a period where, like, I didn't talk about that much because people, people would, you know, had a lot of it. things to say. Yeah, poo-poo it for sure. And it's fun to it's fun to get to talk about it now. And I think also like a lot of the a lot of the um, Brooklyn vegan stuff and other people talking about it now. I've noticed for me at least, especially during quarantine, I've like kind of gone back to some of the more comforting things mm-hmm. in life, and some of that is listening to 
music that I loved um, growing up. Totally. That like, yeah. So like, it's stuff that like, a lot of it is stuff that I, I was still actively listening to, but it's fun to also go back and, and listen to other stuff that maybe you haven't thought about in a bit that you still like really enjoy. Um, so I wonder if that was like, who, uh, the, who was, whoever probably, I think probably like, Andrew, Andrew's, yeah. uh, Sacker, Satcher, uh, probably, uh, was spearheading that yeah. campaign of like, yeah, let's, let's talk about the fucking anti-flag record. Dude, God I could talk about that freaking anti-flag record. I, it was actually funny. I, um, I've been thinking a lot about the, uh, the bass tone specifically on underground network recently yeah it's so it's so good like the tone on that whole record is good and i i um i tweeted about how i liked it with no tags on purpose because like i just wanted to say that i liked it i wasn't trying to like get their attention or whatever Uh and uh and then somebody like tagged chris number two (laughs) in in the replies um and he was like too many notes and i was like I like all the notes, <laughs> but I was but I was also like I specifically didn't tag him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I supposed to say this, Chris. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I like I like I I mean, Andy Black was huge for me. I I sent um, my mom recently. I said I said a cab, and my mom got mad about it, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. and then I just sent her back a a photo of the cover of the die for your government record I was like yeah. remember when i got this and she was like yeah and i was like so why are you surprised <laughs> <laughs> so i got that like when i was a kid and i remember seeing them live a couple times in like high school um but yeah yeah love all that stuff. i i i love it we talked to uh we talked to Chris on uh, the Patreon for uh, Road to the Skeleton Coast, my podcast with Brendan Kelly, and he talked about like the, you know the, the power that he saw in like what other people would say is like, oh, you're like oversimplifying shit, and he's like, I got a fu- we got fucking rooms sold out rooms of kids to like scream fuck police brutality. I I don't need I don't need nuance. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> because like there's a I, I um there's only so much nuance you can pack into like a song. I think, mm-hmm. and I think that one of the good things about them was that they got a lot of people to engage with the maybe slightly more slim, simplistic version of of the thought, and then they could take that and go and learn about it. Like this was the entryway for it. I don't think, I don't think um, they have to to lay out, or anyone really has to lay out exactly like a very nuanced and like your whole dissertation in the mm-hmm. record. Like that's uh, that's probably not going to engage as many people anyway. And this way, you know, you put out a record that rips and is awesome and has great things that you can scream, and then hopefully people are engaged with that and they go and they read up on everything and they get involved totally. in their local community and stuff and yeah i mean totally. i think that's what it did for did for me it was like something that i was like this band rules and like here oh here's like some words to some thoughts that i'm already kind of 
having and like articulated slightly better than I personally can form them right now. So then now that I've got this to lean on now, let me go like further and and, mm-hmm. and do more digging and learning. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. It's like, yeah. I feel like, and, and I feel like like musically provided an entryway and then like politically pro- it's the same fucking process. Yeah. Totally. So dope. So, how are you? Do, like, I did the the E Word podcast a couple weeks ago, and they started with just a vibe check, which I re- I really appreciated. So, today or this week, how are you, how are you feeling? How are things going? Um, this week I'm feeling really weirdly overwhelmed. Um, yeah, is my vibe just kind of stressed out and like a little like the whole the the I don't know how to put this, but it feels like the the level of my brain activity mm-hmm. is higher than I would like it to be. If that makes sense, yeah. Where it can't like, slow it down. Yeah. So that's that's mm-hmm. how I'm feeling this week, um, especially today and yesterday. But I'm hoping to turn the corner into slightly more chill zone. Yeah, <laughs> it can be week. really tough. I think that that's like I was really experiencing a lot of that last week, where I felt like my my brain never stopped, but I don't know if I got a lot done. And exactly. I think that <laughs> both of those things were like bombing me out. And yeah. my brain's going, and I'm like putting it into uh, like finished products. Feel good about that, but when it's just like. It's tough. It's tough yeah. to slow down. Yeah, and it's like I keep feeling the, another weird thing about it, it this week too is like I have a lot of things to do, but I have less than I had to do last week. So the worst. I feel like <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I'm still very like, oh no, what am I forgetting? But like I like you said, like I I'm. Mm-hmm. It's like oh I I I'm not getting these things. I don't know. It's weird. I'm like, I have, I have less to do than I think I need to do, but I also feel like I'm not getting anything done. Yeah. But then I started making my checklist and I'm like, oh, I'm, I am getting them done. It's it's okay. Right. Right. (laughs) Like my brain's like, no, you're not. (laughs) Uh, Your brain's like, yeah, well that checklist feels a little slim to me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to start adding things like, um, I, I I like to put stuff on my checklist that's easy to do so cuz checking things off is helpful gets me going. Mm-hmm. So I'll always put like coffee and um, yeah, breakfast and then yesterday I put brush teeth <laughs> and like <laughs> just like so I could start checking some stuff off and get get moving. Dude, sometimes for yeah. real. Sometimes like there there've been uh spans of time where I feel too busy to brush my teeth and it's like what are you what are you doing? <laughs> With that, yeah. uh, that ninety seconds. Yeah, what you got, just what you got going. On? Just do it. It's uh-huh. it's so. I'm really bad. At, I forget to brush my teeth all the time. I'm terrible at it, especially now where it's like, I used to have a routine like, take a shower, brush my teeth, get dressed, leave the house, and now it's like, I I maybe will do some of those things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably not all yeah. of them. Yeah, definitely not all of them. And especially when it's like leave the house to like go to the post office or something. 
I definitely forget mm-hmm. to brush my teeth a lot to do that because, like, I'm not taking a shower. I'm just kind of throwing on a sweatshirt. I'm covering my mouth up anyway, so I forget. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like, oh, no one's going to smell my stinky breath, so I'll just throw my mask on and, <laughs> and I'll be the only one suffering as it collects in my in my mask. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I've been I've been real bad at remembering. So I've been putting that stuff on the on the checklist and. I feel like I I feel it. like that was my week. Last week was like like doing a bad job of like doing the things that I was uh supposed to do, feeling overwhelmed and this week I have more, but I have done a better job of just like compartmentalizing. I feel oh, okay. like great about that and had a couple good experiences two days in a row of about noon walking over to the park and listening to things I never said. (laughs) Just feeling that sun. And I feel like there was, um, it was almost like, uh, what do you call that? The the type of research where you're actually like participating in it too, because I feel like the moments that stand out to me on that record lyrically are lines like, tea on a cold day, dressing up for halloween and so i I felt like the vibe for listening to this record getting ready to talk to elise was going to the park sitting up cross-legged getting pulling my shirt up just so like i could get some sun on the belly yeah (laughs) that's where it's good that's where it's good for me yeah hell yeah yeah it's um that's funny that you brought up that line because i almost i almost took that line out of the record um yeah, because I was like, I do this thing where I send people, if I'm getting stressed out about lyrics, like uh, the night before it comes time to record them, I start deciding all the way lyrics are bad, and I send them to my friend and be like, "Are these bad?" And he was like, "I like all of it except that one line. I think you could write something better for it." And then I was like, "No, I like it. I think what I like about it is it's just like." here's two things and he was like Mm -hmm. okay and now like that's a line people like so i'm glad i i'm glad i kept it but yeah yeah that's good that that your friend pointed that one out too because it's that's the type of line that i think you know if it's personal it probably needs a little bit of scrutiny because you're too you're too invested in like you know how it comes off but when you hear it it's like yeah i I also do those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I think that's, uh, that was the thing about it at first. I was like, oh, this is, it's like too simple, I guess, or like mm-hmm. too, um, not, I, I guess I got in my head about it being like not poetic enough or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, where it's like, this is just a sentence (laughs) but that's Mm -hmm. like what all the that's what i think that's what all they're all sentences but also like (laughs) i think it's something i really like in other people's writing i bring up jeff rosenstock for this a lot i think a lot of his writing is very straightforward Mm -hmm. and he's just fill the tumbler with the coffee yeah feed the cat and hit the lights (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. just like literally moments in life and I really love that about a lot of his lyrics. Um, and then he'll hit you with something really poignant too. And you're like, ah, but yeah. like, um, for some reason when I, if, when I do it, I'm like, this is stupid. I sound like a dumb, dumb, but <laughs> I'm trying to get better about, about 
not thinking that way. Yeah, totally. It's it's tough, but I mean, I I like that uh, you're hearing you're hearing compliments on on that one in particular because mm -hmm. I think I think that there are there's something powerful in just the simplicity of that and just the like shared experience. Yeah, I think, and I think that's um, just the shared experience thing is what it's what really helps people connect to music in general. I think, I think that's one thing I like just like about sad music too, is like, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people are like, Oh, why do you listen to all that sad music? You're going to be sad or whatever. But it's like, no, I, I like, I, if I'm sad, I like putting on another thing that's sad. Cause I'm like, okay, cool. We're all, I'm not the only person that's sad, which like, you know, obviously I don't think I'm the mm -hmm. only person that's sad, you know, but like just putting on something that you can like kind of, uh, just relate to in that way is super helpful i think mm -hmm. um i've yeah. been listening to a lot of like nick drake and judy sill lately like those songs are so sad and mm -hmm. i feel like they put you in a place where it's like they're they're emotionally like getting you in that like okay all right feelings and it's almost like the like instrumentation just f like feels that emotion as well you yeah. know you just like hear those chords get hit and it's like oh yeah <laughs> what a what a fucking chord <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not too familiar with either of them but but i know that feeling of the of the music and the instrumentation like mm -hmm. i feel like that i think it's really cool when a song feels the way the lyrics feel and you might not even need the lyrics to know what the feeling of the song is mm -hmm. you know like yeah you you, you listen to a fucking elliot smith record and it's like <laughs> he he could be speaking in whatever language it's just in the way that those vocals are tracked and delivered and yeah all those guitars sound that and yep it's all there um yeah, that's pretty much who I was thinking of when I said that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's really cool. And I think just to bring it back to me for a second, <laughs> I think that's one of the one of the things with my with songwriting for me is the lyrics usually do come last almost always, and um, they are usually the the music is what informs what the song is going to be about for me. So mm -hmm. like. It might not be necessarily that that mood is what's coming across to everyone, but that's like the mood that the that the chords and the um, the instrumentation and the arrangement and all the stuff once I've got because I usually put like the whole song pretty much together before it even has any words. I I know like, mm -hmm. and I'll make some changes depending on like what I end up writing lyrically, but usually I know like how many times things are gonna happen and where and like I'll have a whole a whole demo and the only thing that's missing is words but it's pretty much mm -hmm. good to go otherwise yeah so like the the music itself is what kind of informs the lyrics for me and the mood is what informs the lyrics for me when i'm writing um so hopefully I, that comes across in some points but oh yeah i really feel that on this record um do you did you have like most of the songs finished and then you were putting lyrics on everything or is it like song by song it's just lyrics are at the end of each 
of those? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's like, so there are a few songs that were just kind of, the song was mostly finished and then they got lyrics. Um, I would find you and the sky is falling, uh, walk with you. We're all kind of like song finished. Then they got lyrics and they weren't really thought about mm-hmm. together with the rest of the record yet. Cause there, there wasn't a record yet <laughs> when those songs were finished. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and then heartbeat was, was similar. Like the lyrics for that were finished, like kind of pretty close to the, to the song being totally finished. Cause that one mm-hmm. was kind of informing me as it went. And, and sunshine was like kind of written all in one go all together, but you know, it's just, just guitar and, and vocals. Um, yeah. And very simple song. So that, that one came out kind of all in one, like in one day, but um, uh-huh. the other ones, they all had music mostly first. Um, goodbye. Good night had the words goodbye good night in it from the very beginning like it's that's that's what came out when i was mm-hmm. when i was playing it but then it didn't have any other lyrics and um a crack in the world had no lyrics the song was just totally done with with no words at all mm-hmm. and uh and hideaway and all of those kind of um were all very much music first and then i started all right around not necessarily yet with the full idea of like here's the record but all right around the same time started to write the lyrics for them so that they're they're related I think in that way like I was in a similar brain space mm-hmm. but I they're I didn't specifically set out to like write them to go together consciously until yeah. I started thinking about like oh all these songs will go together well and these other songs I have would not go together so they don't get to be on this record they'll mm-hmm. be somewhere else maybe who knows and started finishing off like the record record and putting it together and then january 21st was written specifically for the record um it was the last song written and uh yeah as i kind of went on a tangent i guess but (laughs) no you're great um and i wanted to ask you about that song in particular um that that's my sister's birthday So I was wondering uh, if if January 21st had particular significance. It's the uh, it's the day that I wrote the music for that song. Well, Um, there you go. Yeah, I (laughs) I um, I recorded like the that guitar, I think pretty much the whole guitar part on January 21st, 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh didn't know what to name the garage band file for the demo and just Uh named it for the day. And, uh, then when I like finished the lyrics, I was, I couldn't think of like a, a good title for it that I liked. And so it was just being called January 21st for a while. And then I was thinking about like, Oh, well this song is kind of, it's about, it's about the general feeling of anxiety and overthinking and and all that stuff. But it's also Mm -hmm. about, and like, trauma also and trying yeah. not to to deal with those things and just sure. kind of pushing them away but it's also very much about one moment of that happening where it all kind of like overwhelms you and you get stuck in that mm. brain loop um mm-hmm. and so i figured like january 21st was as good a day as any to illustrate that that takes up a whole day sometimes where like 
this is all I do on this day is have this overthinking anxiety spiral and this day is kind of a wash now and it's this is what it's going to be and maybe tomorrow will be better yeah Um, so that's kind of that's why I ended up deciding to just leave it um as that Mm -hmm. title it really turned into a nice little uh, poeticism Elise I wasn't (laughs) prepared for that (laughs) sorry that's quite all right (laughs) so you wrote this thing on January 21st 2018 and and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, wow, that's a long time in between writing this song and releasing this record, huh? (laughs) Yeah. You're sitting on it for quite a bit of time. Yeah, it got finished. We recorded um, recorded in August, one day in August, and then I did like another day or two in September um, to finish off. Well, so like some of them were were kind of an ongoing process because I was playing all the parts on them, so it took longer. And then some of them we mm-hmm. recorded um, just as like I had some friends come in and play, so we could record all together. Like so, they were live and they got that like live feeling. Um, so those we all we did those five in in one day, and then I went back in and did the vocals and the um, extra guitars and synths mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was done recording fully in September of 2018 and then I was busy doing stuff and so it didn't get mixed right away um because I didn't have like a a deadline so my brother was who mixes it he also has other projects and I was like yeah yeah do those first I don't I'm Uh still working on stuff and uh blah blah blah, and then all this stuff happened and then everything it finally was going to have a release date of March of 2020 and then the label it was going to come out on is um it's no longer was coming out on that label and Mm -hmm. uh so that pushed it back even more but um yeah we were originally trying to like in in january february when we got all that stuff straightened out um we were trying to pitch it to other labels um to Mm -hmm. put out and it was right before south by so everyone was really busy and then it was a pandemic that we're still very much in and so everyone was like scrambling trying to figure out what they were going to do you know so people didn't have like yeah. space in their brains or their calendars to like put the <laughs> record out you know so like i just i didn't want to sit on it anymore um i don't know mm-hmm. like if maybe if it hadn't already been delayed i maybe would have waited i don't know but i'm glad that we didn't because i think um it was cool to get to to do all the stuff and to put it out on my own label um and like kind of just really go for it and be able to like set all the dates like on yeah. my own mostly my own t- terms you know like obviously mm-hmm. I had to check with with like other folks about what would work and stuff but like didn't have to slot into a huge calendar that like a bunch of people were trying to slot yeah into. totally and, uh, yeah so it was fun it was it was it i'm i'm happy that it's out and it feels it's kind of weird how like so many of the themes feel very much like the record is about now but uh mm-hmm. yeah it's cool it's it's weird and it's cool <laughs> it's it's interesting like how how this one sort of like like the time grew into this record yeah i feel like um 
yeah, the the Lawrence Arms record that just came out that I've been spending a lot of time talking to Brendan about. It's it's called Skeleton Coast. It's a lot of like end of the world metaphors sort yeah. of shit. And and this record, like, I mean, you mentioned like some of the song titles, <laughs> you know, Crag in the Sky, and, and then there's also just like a lot of a lot of themes about you know solitude and about like finding your space that i think everybody is relating to so well right now yeah yeah i think uh, um like the solitude and finding your space thing for for me when i was when i was writing a lot of these lyrics was like a big thing that i was working on because of like some other personal life stuff but Mm -hmm. it's definitely like still i think it's maybe something that you're kind of always always gonna be working on but it's definitely come up again for me personally and in quarantine um and I think a lot of records feel like they're about now also because it's not like before all of this stuff happened, everything was just great. You know, it was like right. everything was still like, oh, I mean, a lot of things were still pretty crappy. And I think all those things are kind of all these outside occurrences and vibes not to get too like floaty or whatever no, about it good, yeah. <laughs> but like you know this is all kind of swirling around in your brain and it's out in the world and so you're kind of um processing and channeling that stuff into music already and then like it's it's not like predicting the future it's just kind of this is where we are and, t- and time moves in this mm-hmm. way and we're feeling this way already and so it's mm-hmm. I, I don't know i, I I don't know how to. I, I should be better like, yeah, at talking we're, about this, but <laughs> yo, I feel like everybody is experiencing the like. I should be better at talking about <laughs> this. Yeah, um, I I feel like you know there's a difference between like a a meteor hitting Earth, a la. Uh, 1998's Armageddon, starring Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck and Liv uh-huh. Tyler, uh-huh. Um, as Be opposed joy. to featuring Billy Bob Thornton, Steve <laughs> Buscemi, Owen Wilson, early Owen Wilson, major oh, really? motion picture. Yeah, I never saw that movie. Tbh, um, it's like two and a half hours long. It is absurd it is no <laughs> business being two and a half hours long it's yeah. cool and then you're like all right cool they're going up to to blow up the meteor should be pretty good to be out of here and uh under two hours but nope they get on the meteor and fucking everything goes wrong everything Wait, they go on to the meteor well, yeah that's okay. what they do they're yeah. they're drillers they're oil drillers and oh. uh and they they bring up a bunch of nukes but they want to put them inside the meteor to blow it up so that it blows up and misses Earth. Okay. But, uh, you know. And then isn't, like, Bruce Willis the dad? Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck is, like, the boyfriend or something? Mm-hmm. And then, and then one Liv of them has Tyler? to stay? Well, spoiler alerts. It's 22 <laughs> years old. <laughs> also, you can cut this part out if anyone wants to be worried about (laughs) you had you had your chance (laughs) um yeah so there you know and that aerosmith song plays yeah and it's crazy because it's didn't they make that music video 
they make the music video and it's Liv Tyler and they use footage of her talking to Bruce Willis, her dad in the movie, but it's Liv Tyler and Steven Tyler, her real dad. Yeah. I remember seeing that mo- that video on VH1 and my mom's like, you know, that's her real. I'm like, yeah, mom, everybody knows that. <laughs> you know what I didn't know about this is that she was like her dad was Steven Tyler. I knew that. But that her, like, stepdad or whatever person that raised her was Todd Rundgren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just learned that. Her mom was uh, B.B. Bell, I think. Um, Very famous. uh, uh, Nobody likes this term, but she slept with a lot of people. Yeah. uh, And I think Steven Tyler was too, like, fucked up on cocaine at the time so to like be a dad yeah so todd rundgren raised Liv tyler with bb like as uh his own daughter and then i think she was like in her teenage years when they told her hey this is your real dad a different famous musician mm -hmm, uh a less a less cool one uh in in my opinion (laughs) um but I know that they still have a really good relationship, Todd and uh, and Liv. Great, I'm happy yeah. to hear that. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, well I, I, I think like the difference between just like oh, like I'm, like this crazy thing is going to happen and it's going to like destroy us, as opposed to well, shit has not been going too well, and now we're just going to accelerate how badly it's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the like, like, yeah, this is like, oh, shit is going fucking terribly is what this record is. And it's like, yeah, shit is it's going still so going terribly. terribly. Yeah. In fact, a little bit worse. <laughs> yep. It's, it's funny. I was I was listening to um, Jim Carrey was recently on Conan O'Brien's podcast. I don't know yeah. if you listened to that. <laughs> no, <laughs> didn't have time for that one. <laughs> well, I, I just like. I just, I just really like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, and I saw his name pop up. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this. And apparently, he has a book out or coming out. And uh-huh. That's sort of a memoir. And he was talking about how a, it's weird because they've spent like six years or whatever working on the book, and now a lot of the things in it are like happening. And mm. he was saying like similar. He was saying something about like. He's like, I think we as writers like are open to the universe and the universe is telling you what's going to happen. And that's why it seems like the book is like telling the future. And I was like, okay, I'll accept that. It's a little more like Mm -hmm. a little more, you know, I don't, I don't personally think the universe is talking to me. Yeah. But the, but I feel similarly where it's like the, everything is kind of telling you what's happening by existing Mm -hmm. does that Mm -hmm. make sense it's reading the room yes yeah and then you're just you're just processing it and writing it out yeah yeah totally um yeah his his is like i think his is like on a little bit of a higher astral plane than it needs to be yeah so this record things (laughs) i never said um dude first fucking five seconds i'm like tones the tones on this are so on point yay thank you i was going for that 
I fucking it reminded me of like Sands the Feedback, but the Fox, the opening track on the woods by Sleater Kenny, just the way it comes in dun 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 dun. Shit I is yeah. Have never listened to that record. Oh you should. It's probably my favorite Sleater Kenny record. I know that's what everyone tells me. Really? I thought that's that was like a well, it's like that or dig me out. But Yeah. Um well, by everyone I mean, I think my like two friends that I talk yeah. to about, <laughs> but they both love they both love the woods and yeah, I, I've been meaning I've been meaning to is it is that song it. in standard because that shit is heavy. It's in drop D. Yeah, so not that not that different, but different mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, I um, it's also so the so the guitar I play on that on most of the record is a Reverend. Um, Mm-hmm. And they've got this bass knob on the guitar. Yeah. Um, so you can add like bass and you can roll off the amount of bass. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I keep it like pretty much all the way up <laughs> at oh, all times. Yeah. So it's like really super chunky, mm-hmm. but still gives you like some good like surfy twang in the guitar. Yeah, um, dude, totally. Yeah. So that's why like, that's how that song, because it's, I'm pretty sure... I'm like ninety percent, ninety nine percent sure that there. I didn't use a pedal on that either. That I just used the built-in wow. um, distortion on the amp because uh-huh. I just really liked the way it sounded with that guitar. It's a um, Fender uh, Blues Deluxe, like the Smoky Tweed edition, but we changed mm-hmm. out the speaker for a different speaker, so it would be just a, a little bit cooler because it was a little too warm, mm-hmm. with the, like for what I was going for. Um, so yeah, I th- I'm. Pretty sh- I'm pretty sure that that first song is just the amp and the guitar and no pedals. That um, rules. Yeah, I just was like, this this is too good. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I did that for A Crack in the World too. Um, is pretty much the same. Like the, the leads have like a little bit more stuff going on just to kind of separate them a little bit, but... I wanted the tones for those songs specifically to be just kind of straightforward and heavy and mm-hmm. kind of just grab like I goodbye goodnight is the first track because I wanted it to be like here we are it's the record totally grab you we're in it let's go mm-hmm. um so yeah I'm I'm pretty stoked with those and then the bass tone um we actually recorded the bass direct in for that song mm-hmm. and then reamped it later through um an ampeg uh that's the move yeah and it's like we did that partially so that we could record it all together without like and minimize bleed you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and partially because like I really wanted it to go through that amp, that Ampeg amp, and that amp yeah. was in a different studio. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then Eva Eva Lawitz played bass on that, and um, yeah, I'm 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 really stoked <laughs> with the sound. I just really like the way it sounds. Yeah, totally, because it's it's heavy, but not having too much overdrive or too much distortion. It really just like lets the fucking tone just hit you it doesn't Yay. need anything else heck yeah yeah I love that. yeah yes that's what i was going for um the pace on that song too is also really well dialed in and there's like 
I mean, there's, I don't think that there's a song that doesn't feel just like so set tempo wise. And I know we got a few drummers on this record was like finding the, finding the right pace for these, because I feel like it's, it's so much easier to just go a click faster. And I feel like when I first heard it, it was a little like, I was like, Oh, I was like almost a little surprised at how like held back the, uh, the beat was, but it was a very quick adjustment. And then I was like, man, this is very, very well tuned in. Sick. Uh, yeah. So, um, for that song, we did not use a metronome. Uh Um, we played it just like as if it was a show. Andrew, Whitehurst, who plays drums on that song, um, had played it. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's not true. I was going to say he'd already played it live, but he hadn't yet. <laughs> he, <laughs> that was that was before that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, Andrew specifically, and Aaron also, who plays on Heartbeat, um, but Andrew played on four of the songs. He is uh, just very solid timing-wise in general, mm-hmm. which is <clears throat> one of the, sorry, no, one of the things... Listen. Um, that I was like, when I was thinking about like who was going to play what on the record, I was like, okay, these songs, I think Andrew's style would be perfect on. And like, we definitely did when we had one day, what we did with those is I, I sent them, I sent him and, um, Eva, the, my, my scratch demo stuff mm-hmm. with varying, <laughs> varying finished parts. Like I was like, I sent him, I just bass and snare for just certain parts for that sure. song where i was like in this part i specifically want to go this and i like played it on the piano because i can't play my drums in my apartment or i'll be destroyed by my neighbors but <laughs> like so i played it on a keyboard and so i sent them that and then we had one day of rehearsal and i do remember talking about like no like let's do this one just a little bit slower and but like once we like settled into playing it at that speed like it, it feels if feels right to play at that speed i think Mm -hmm. like it it just there were a couple times even like live after this where we would play it and we'd all be hyped up so we'd start it really fast but like would all very quickly like settle right back into the speed that it's Mm -hmm. should be because it just feels the song just tells you like no 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 this is how i want to be played i guess so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a long roundabout answer to to that for that specific song. That's that's how we got that. But um and then for Heartbeat, um I, Aaron Silverstein played drums on that one and we um there's just like a hair of like tempo changing in that one. If mm-hmm. like that's only, I feel like it's like you might not even really notice it if you're not really paying attention to it, but we wanted to make that song feel just like a little, like just a little bit of background anxiety to it. Yeah. Which is why we like kind of part of why we didn't use a metronome for that one also is cause, cause like you can't really do those like little shifts with a metronome, you know, mm-hmm. you got to stick right on it. Um, so like, yeah, I think timing, t- timing of the songs is, I think like a song being played at a specific speed is what, is can make a break us make or break a song 
also like yeah you could have a great song that you maybe if you play it too slow like it's just not gonna hit right Mm -hmm. so it was definitely a big consideration in, in picking the the right feel totally when we were recording i feel like that is a really good lead into just like a, a, a big takeaway that I had from this record in general. And that's just, if you're thinking about tempo to that extent, that's a good sign. And I think that this record, like I, I was a fan of your work and I told you that <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is a giant leap in terms of songwriting. Like you, you really outdid yourself here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, um, it's funny. I've, I, I want to always be able to say like the last thing I wrote is my favorite thing I've ever written, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I feel like that about this record. I think as I was writing it, I didn't really feel any different other than like, I kept being like, this is a good song. I, I I think this is a good song. And Mm -hmm. like, that doesn't always happen with, songs that I write, you know, there's like a, a lot of doubt with them as with, I'm sure people in all forms of life <laughs> can yeah. feel. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I felt, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what, what happened, <laughs> you know, to make uh-huh. like all of, all of them come out. I think I think it just came I think it's just I kept just from writing and playing and writing and playing and like I've been doing it for a really long time, you know, like since I was a kid and mm-hmm. um I recently found some of my songs from 8th <laughs> grade and they're fine, you know, but like yeah. you I you can hear it's it's cool like it that helped me to be able to hear also like the the growth in songwriting and I think I was also a lot once I I don't know. I've been actually thinking about it recently because now mm-hmm. I have this feeling you ever, yeah, I have this feeling every time I write a song where I'm like, okay, well that was it. I'll never write a song again. I'm, yeah, I'm of empty of songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been writing, I've been working on all these, these demos and, and new stuff. And I am having this feeling where I'm like, okay, well, what if I, those were the best songs I ever wrote and it's like all downhill from here. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I have been thinking a lot about like, just like what, what things from that record, um, work, I guess. And like how, uh, and, and like trying not to overanalyze the songs because I like to, uh, you know, I like, I studied music and all that stuff um, mm-hmm. in college, but when I write music and when I play guitar, I'm not really thinking about that stuff actively Mm -hmm. um, until sometimes I'll go back and I'll be like, Oh, I, that's just this progression or whatever. Like I'll, I'll see it much later and be like, that's, I can name it, but it's not like I I don't approach it that way because I didn't learn like any theory or stuff until much, much later in, Mm -hmm. in performing. I'm most, I just, I learned how to play first and i knew like basics like chord names and note names and stuff but i didn't know like any theory for a very long time 
Um, so I'm trying not to, I'm not going back and like analyzing it in that way where I'm like, then I did the one to the five and then we had this authentic cadence or whatever, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not doing all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to just think about like what, my, what my brain space was like and just kind of feel out uh, the songs in a way. I feel, I, it does make sense. And I feel like, you know, what you say about heartbeat where you're, messing up the tempo a little bit just to like give it that anxiety and you know when i heard that song i'm sure i had the same reaction that everybody did and probably the same one that you had when that fucking guitar line came out you're just like oh my fucking hell yeah i got (laughs) this but you know that song it's it's structure i think is pretty plain but like you take it somewhere else you don't bring it to a like predictable finish and then you do some work like on the underneath that like you know that's happening and when you say it i'm like oh yeah i could probably see that but like that's the fucking that's good instinct and that's also like good analysis because a lot of people guitar line like that comes out of them it's just like cool got the song like everything's just gonna like we got we got the freaking uh, first place trophy <laughs> right here. This is just yeah. doesn't have to like rewrite the book, but I think you you choose not to. And cracking the world's like another example where the way that tempo like dips towards the end, it's like damn for a like verse chorus verse chorus song. <laughs> did not expect it to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the other... I was having a lot of fun doing stuff like that when I was writing, too. Like, for both of those two songs specifically, um, and Heartbeat, um, that outro that's, like, kind of weird chord-wise, mm-hmm. and, like, threw that into the second verse for one thing. I was kind of thinking of it like a um, um, like a hint. Like, here's a thing that's going to come later. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, and did like a similar thing on a crack in the world with that riff, which is in one key, and then later for the big thing, the big like screaming fun shred fest, mm-hmm. it's uh, in another key. Um, and so I was just having like fun playing. I was like just playing with these themes that I liked, and then seeing other ways that I could present them. Um, yeah within the same song without it's with it still fitting together. So that's like kind of how that was just like a, I was just having a good time doing it. You know, that's how that like came out. Hell um, yeah. And then the outro, I just kind of, it just kind of, I was jamming on that thing just here in my room and then just kind of like slowed it down. Just, just jamming. And it was like, just was like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Like this is, cool and fun i like this and like that's how the outro came i was just like literally just like thinking just like having a good time playing the guitar you know yeah that's now one of my favorites we played it we've been playing it live for a bit um and it's one of my favorite songs for us to play live it's super fun to just like riff on that thing on that like just like play that and Mm -hmm. we um so i when we do the slowdown, I'm like the one leading it. So sometimes I like to <laughs> make it super, super slow. Yeah. I remember we did it one show. We got so slow that both Andrew and Tony were looking at me like, 
why did you do this? <laughs> and then joke was on me because then I had to hold that like on the TV, on the radio for so long because it was so <laughs> slow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. And I hope that, you know, the, the record is about some pretty heavy stuff in general, but I hope like the fun of it comes through too. Yeah. Just like the joy of music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... I feel like that has been a thing that is coming up really consistently with the people that I'm talking to and also like the the music that's really been grabbing me during this time which like really fucking threw a lot of things upside down. It's like you can feel the joy in in anything, like happy or sad, but like I don't know. Maybe Jim Carrey's fucking onto something, you know, with just like the the universe and you are speaking on on where this uh where this song is supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the weird thing about writing for me is like um it feels deliberate and it also very much doesn't feel deliberate. Mm-hmm. It just feels like some Part of me is doing it, and I'm along for the ride. Totally that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just it's just it's just fun. I really enjoy writing and playing and listening, and mm-hmm. I just love music so much. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, for real. Yeah, it's just like it's just, you can just get it's just you can just get everything out of it. Um, there's music for every mm-hmm. part of life. Um, and that's how, yeah, that's, that's how those, those songs kind of came about is just, I was just having a great time yeah. <laughs> and playing and, and just ripping on, on the rip stick as, as <laughs> I've heard people call it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And I'm coming back into, I, quarantine kind of i was been writing music and no lyrics but now i'm coming back into like enjoying it in a different way again like that like just pure joy way and mm-hmm. the like just writing it yeah there's um so yeah i feel like i've got some stuff coming out that i'm super excited i know i've written a thing that i really like when i'll sometimes put it on like the demo on garage band and i'll just like solo over it yeah just to like just because i'm like having fun and like i'm not gonna put like a five minute solo or whatever in the actual song but it's like a chord progression that i'm like this is fun to hear so like mm-hmm. i'll just fart around over it for a while yeah dude if it's if you're having fun in that playhouse then it's yeah it's probably got got a lot of good going for it i feel like yeah. um I would find you is that that's probably my favorite song on this record. Mm. And I, I now like in having this conversation, I feel like having this, uh, this vision of you, you've got this like nice synth line and then we get about halfway through that song and it's just like this wash just like comes over and these like deeper synth tones just kind of like envelop everything. That shit like, knocks me over yeah that's um what i was going for <laughs> i wanted the, yeah i wanted the i wanted i don't know it's there's um 
there's like the the deeper synth line that's like the solo that's like mm-hmm. super super moody and vibey. My brother actually played that. Um, I was like, oh, I want to put. I'm gonna. My plan here is to have this like moody vibey solo, and he was like, oh, something like this. And yeah. I was like, just play. It. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just play it. I'm not. You like, get it. You nailed it. And there's no point in me like trying to learn your solo or like writing a new one because that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like yeah, then I we had like other also deeper synths which you can like kind of hear. You hear it when like everything drops out except the drums. There's like that one synth line holding, yeah. but that super low synth is going through the whole s- everything at the end. But it's so low that like. You don't really hear it. You just feel it. Feel it. it. It's like a shadow, just like comes out, and it's like following you a little bit. Yeah, and that's like I love that. I love stuff like that, and um, so that's 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 why it's there, just to kind of add to the the mood Mm -hmm. and kind of just be in your head with that song. Um, and yeah, that's another one where it was like. I I came up with that synth line first, um, the, the the main riff, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of wrote the rest of the song around it, and then was like, okay, what else can I do to like add something just kind of to fit the vibe here? And that's how the, like that solo section kind of came about. Yeah, um, dude, it's a banger. This record is really, really, really great. And I think like, you know, put it out yourself and then I'm seeing all this good press. And I think like the most exciting part on all of it was just seeing people like Jeff Rosenstock and and David Bazan, like really, (laughs) really giving you some love. And yeah, that shit that moves people that um, uh is wild to me those are they're two of my very favorite um musicians and songwriters mm-hmm. of all time um i've been listening to them forever david bazan was the was the first show i saw when i moved to new york wow um and uh like yeah 10 11 years ago and i went to like one of the living room shows i was on crutches and i like <laughs> i i couldn't put any weight on my knee and i took this ridiculous journey on the train google maps led me wrong and it ended up being so much stairs and then the mm-hmm. show was a fourth floor walk up and i was just crutched my way up there um but yeah i saw that that and and bomb the music industry i was super into and then like continuing mm-hmm. on with jeff and his solo stuff so like the fact that they both like the record and have said nice things about it jeff sent me a text that said like I listened to your record. Good job. Like capital letters. Like, <laughs> and the fact Wait, that I Jeff like Rosenstock said that in capital I, letters. Yeah. I was just like, it was just like, I, 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 not to sound too, too fan E or whatever, but that's their, their two, um, heroes of mine mm-hmm. really. And, 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 and them liking the record and engaging with it is just like wild. It like, yeah. It kind of blows my mind and is, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Um, and we got, now it's, you know, it's uh, on Plastic Miracles, your label, which, mm. I mean, you're already doing 
shit there? You're gonna, you're gonna put out the Sunny Falls record? Yeah. So like the label originally was to was not. I was planning to start it anyway. It was uh-huh. it, it was in the works for a while, and I wasn't planning to put out any of my stuff because I was already on that other label. And mm-hmm. uh, so that so yeah, it was a plan anyway. So the Sunny Falls record, which I think is super good, like just mm-hmm. awesome Americana rock mm-hmm. garage stuff. That's just like rad. I think I think the songs are just wonderful. I um, love Hoagie. I know such a sweet, sweet, mm-hmm. sweet person too. Um, so yeah, putting that out, very stoked about it. Um, and part two is coming out next month. We're doing like a weird thing where we're like releasing the record in three parts with like limited edition cassettes and then releasing the full thing just to try oh, cool. something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like almost halfway out now, kind of a, a video actually just came out today as a recording, which I think is pretty rad too. Um, but yeah, we're putting out that, and I got, um, I've got one, two, three, four, four or five other things like in the works from folks. Yeah, um, and three of them are going to come out this year, I think, uh-huh. and then the rest are getting pushed. Everything's taking longer, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> been, for obvious reasons. So like, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's cool. I've got a, we've got a whole, and we put out, I've got a photographer on the, on the roster. Um, yeah. Put out a photo zine of his and he's doing another zine. That's going to be, um, he wants to do like a little more with it more than, more than just like photos. And he's got some ideas. So he's working on that now. Um, but I'm very excited about it. And I think we got a lot of cool stuff coming up um, over there on the label. That's awesome. And that's exciting to hear that there's just like a thought to, you know, you're releasing a record in three parts. I'm sure somebody's done that before, but yeah, I'm interested to see how that works. You have a a pretty blank canvas to work with here, and this is a yeah, this is a very like strange and interesting time. And I think the the gamble on something like mm-hmm. that, like, kind of. We're all up against the wall a little bit, so fuck it. Try yeah. it. See it if it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it was, it was Hoagie's idea, and like, I was like, well, all right, let's do it. it sounds interesting. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, can't tour, can't play shows, so like, gotta think of some other fun stuff. And it's been cool. It's, it's fun to get to be like, new song out, and like, get to talk about it more, and, yeah. and hopefully, like, get some more people engaged with with the music because i do i mean my whole thing with this label is i only want to put out stuff that i really like you know because it's it's just a labor of love (laughs) um and uh yeah i like i think the record's great so i want i want people to hear it i can identify with that (laughs) feeling of just want to talk to the people that I like who are making the music that I like. <laughs> yeah. So we're also, um, you know, with the with the podcast coming back, we're doing a revenue share through our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash better yet podcast. So that revenue share is split between the show and our guests and an organization that our guests and I talk about each week. So, for this week, we've got money going to Elise for coming on the show, 
And we're also going to send some money to the Black Trans Travel Fund, which is an organization that you chose to share with us this week, Elise, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little about the organization. How did you hear about them? I heard about them um, on Instagram, I, I think, um, if I remember correctly. Or someone might have pointed me that way. Mm -hmm. um, but back, I heard about them back at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, and they were doing like an extra um, like drive for pandemic-related COVID things. But in mm -hmm. general, they... I I think that they're New York based, um, I I but they collect money, like literally to help Black trans folks, uh, travel and commute safely. Yeah. Um. And like, if people need a ride home or like, you know, whatever that whatever that means mm -hmm. for people, they they work on um, just getting them getting folks to to places safely yeah. <laughs> because. As you can see from the news, it's not very safe out there mm -hmm. for a lot of folks and, and black trans folks in particular. Um, so that's their main thing. Yeah, totally. And I think that like, you know, even just seeing that name and looking at the website, it's just like, I, n I never would have thought about the fact that like, yeah, it's fucking, it's not safe for yeah. people to travel and just to get and around and, and exist just, in the Yeah, just to world. get like to work. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and uh I think one of the things that's cool about about the Black Trans Travel Fund is that the it's like a direct direct action mutual help, aid like yeah. Yeah, it's just like this money will literally be used to help these people immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's, you know, just something that can make a difference like tangibly and what like you know there's other there's other stuff we all need to be doing too but i think this is one thing that's gonna directly impact people's lives and and help out and you know while we're working on the the big societal changes we can keep some people safe absolutely so blacktranstravelfund.com if you want to learn more any link uh, that we have is going to be in the uh episode notes for this podcast so uh you can check out black travel black trans travel fund online and also patreon.com slash better yet podcast we have a couple tiers of pledging to split the revenue between the show between our guests and these organizations and you can pledge for three dollars give us a tip also you can pledge for ten dollars we got weekly content provided to us by our guests and this week elise is a dropping fucking old friend cover rancid that's why we were talking about rancid so much at the beginning <laughs> now you know i'm so pumped to hear this song yeah it's gonna be cool i'm i'm gonna finish it up soon i think it's fun and i love the song it's and so i'm pretty happy with the way my cover's going fuck yeah fuck yeah that is a jam we got other cool shit with our with our guests so far namdi sarah tutson stevie nipe of adult mom i'm posting stuff up there too 
it, it's pretty much the coolest place you could ever want to <laughs> go and hang out. Check that out, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast, oceanator.bandcamp.com, and buy things I never said. Got some cool vinyl splatters, cassettes, yeah. and some fucking dope merchandise on your page, my friend. Yeah, I wanted... I. I wanted this thing to be a whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. like one big and all encompassing thing. Um, so yeah, I got some, some temporary tattoos up there. Got some, some pogs left. I think, I think there's some pogs left. Some pogs yeah. and a slammer. I and a slammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can play, you add it to your collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And, and some vinyl and there's like, 25 vinyl or something left which is cool of first pressing um obviously i'm it's not like once those are gone they're gone for the record's gone forever Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to do one of those like you know yeah yeah, yeah. jack up the price on discogs things or whatever but you know yeah yeah there's there's 25 of the first pressing and these colors are not going to be made again there's that if you're into that sort of thing Um, definitely so but yeah i'm stoked Dude, thank you so much for coming back on the pod. Yeah, thank you for having me again. It's always nice to chat. Yours was the first podcast I ever did also. Yeah? Yeah, that was my first my first podcast experience. I remember that interview fondly. I believe that I was about to move out of that place when you came over too. Yeah, yeah, you were. It's the la- <laughs> last interview in this office. Getting so out of I guess I'll be back when you move out of your house <laughs> hopefully hopefully not till i'm like 65 so that'll be a great uh conversation that we have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a lot to talk about by then <laughs> we'll be back so the world really did end and... <laughs> now we're here we have no physical form but we're still here <laughs> yeah. uh subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player of choice we'll be back next week Thanks, brother. Thank you.